Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 21, as the NHL is currently on their pause for COVID, and will hopefully return in a positive direction next week, as the Rangers have three more games to finish out the year, as we maintain that last spot in the Metro Division. So as this, uh, you know, first half of the season, or I should say the uh, the 21. 2021 part of the season is coming to an end. I have to ask Andy, how are you doing? Doing okay. Uh, again, things right now are pretty tenuous in the, in the just in the world and the world of sports as well, which was really unfortunate. Uh, you know, we get the news today that the NHLers, as we had previously believed, were not going to be participating in the Olympics. Uh, again, I don't know what that means as far as players that maybe still do want to go um although i was listening to something today and i don't know if they're frowning upon that especially because they're going to use that time to make up games but again it only if i guess it'd be one of those things that if the owner was cool with it then there's not really much you could do it's their money it's their team right so but uh yeah i mean obviously for the rangers it kind of comes at maybe a good time although galan had said that if the Rangers were indeed going to play uh, the Canadians on the Wednesday right before Christmas, which would be today, um, then they Panarin would have been ready to go, as would uh, Igor Shosturkin. But you know what? Now they get more time to get healthy and rest up. Uh, so, yeah, again, no one has to get rushed back because obviously you saw what happened with uh, Alexander Barkov this year getting hurt and then kind of maybe coming back a little bit earlier if he should have, although it's kind of hard to tell those things, you know, being good to go and not being, you know, being in a position where you're whatever, if you're dealing, especially with like a strain or something or an injury that not re-aggravating, it's super important, especially uh, on a team like the Rangers, which isn't like, you know, we're definitely not the Tampa Bay lightning where we can just uh, have Nikita Kucherov out for, months on end and still handily make the playoffs and then get them back at time. The Rangers need everyone pulling the rope. So yeah, bitter, obviously it's bittersweet, but, uh, comes, I guess it comes at a good time injury wise, but yeah, uh, watching hockey around the holidays is a favorite pastime of mine. So it obviously stinks not to be able to watch NHL hockey. That is. 
Yeah, but yeah, you know, for me, you know, the Rangers only had the one game, so I, mentally I was kind of prepared for a lack of hockey this week anyway. Uh, given our injury situation, I'm kind of happy it happened during this week and, and not next week. Uh, you know, we have three really big games coming up against Detroit, Florida, and Tampa, and I really want a full, healthy Rangers team uh, to put out there against uh, those three opponents because those are these are games these are make or break games you know you you win you take four out of six points this last week uh you certainly got to feel good about yourself especially you know beating a team like florida or beating a team like tampa bay um you know detroit you have them at home on the 27th you would hope you uh are able to beat that team who has cooled off after a hotter start but yeah i mean it's just uh an odd time right now uh as of now the nhl is paused the Rangers are scheduled to play that game on the 27th. I believe the players are coming back on the 26th to test. So uh, again, you know, a lot of these teams are going to be coming in here this next week a little bit rusty, and we kind of know how the Rangers can get off to slow starts when, uh, you know, they're they're not feeling their best or they're not at 100%. So definitely a cause for concern. And hopefully the Rangers are ready to go. They have their legs because, you know, if, if you get off to a, a, a slow start this week, uh, as you get back from this COVID pause, you could be 0-3 before you know it. And, uh, you know, being on the, in the wild card, looking, looking up at, you know, the Pittsburgh Penguins who continue to just be red hot uh, up until now, obviously, when the NHL is paused. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of weird, Andy. We're in, a, we're in a spot of the season where, you know, I feel like, Ranger fans and Rangers Twitter is kind of split right now. You kind of feel like half the team is feeling really, you know, half the fan base is feeling really good about this team. Uh, I think you and I are kind of right in the middle where we're like, we're not in a great position, but, you know, we got to be thankful where we are where we are. And then I think there's people who think like we uh, are need a ton of moves at the deadline in order to be competitive. And you know, I kind of understand where they're coming from. I certainly think we need a few additions, but, you know, I, I think we have a competitive team right now when healthy. It'll be nice to get Igor back. It'll be nice to have a healthy Panarin because I think you kind of realize what we are without him, which is a very putrid offensive team that really doesn't have that second line punch anymore. So, you know, Andy, I kind of wanted to, you know, kind of take this time uh, for us to kind of reflect on you know, the, well, how many games, the 30 games that we've played so far this season. Um, I, I want to play a little game. You, you up for that? Yeah, let's go. All right. Well, this is, this is more for you. Um, we're going to go through the team and, you know, we're going to, you can take your time on them or you can kind of be brief and give a, a few statements, but you know, I kind of want to play a little naughty or nice game, you know, and you know, obviously the naughty players are the players that maybe haven't lived up to the expectations of uh andy and james this season and you know the nice list will be the ones that you know deserve a present under the tree this year uh because they've either overachieved or given exactly what you know this team was expecting so um you down for that yeah let's all right all right. right let's do it all right we're gonna go right off the bat this first line from left to right we're gonna go chris Kreider. uh definitely nice he's having a career year he's second in the entire nhl in power play goals uh He's played a pretty engaged and direct game. I don't 
he I can't really say there's too been too many games even if he he hasn't scored in the game I, it's not games where he hasn't at least four checked well and gotten to the net and at least had chances for tips and things of that nature uh this is definitely you know we haven't seen Kreider disappear yet this season and I have to say even games like I said he didn't get on the score sheet he's having a career year he's really simplified his game Turk has been the one coach who's been able to just get him to just do what he does. And I do think this system does benefit him because I think in the past, uh, outside of Tortorella, who, you know, obviously Kreider was a rookie when he came in and they had some back and forth about trying to get him to play the right way, quote unquote, and even some stints getting sound sent down to the AHL. Um, yeah, I mean, most of the coaches have kind of allowed the Rangers to play a more east west style and with vision and skill and a little bit more pond hockey-ish which is great and all but then obviously once you get into the playoffs it's not that so i think this system actually suits chris Kreider in terms of uh wanting to really grind teams down and possess the puck on the boards because again Kreider is big and strong and now that the team is doing that he's clearly he was the only one who didn't really have to have adjustment because it plays really so well into the fact that he is big he is fast and he is strong so yeah Kreider's definitely on the nice list uh for the new york rangers this season yeah just to give my two cents i, I definitely have to agree with you i know i harp on you know Kreider a lot and i kind of knock him but um you know he, he he can go from nice to naughty real quick and i'm really hoping that the you know the rest of the season he kind of you know obviously his production level was kind of off the charts in terms of goal scoring especially on the power play i understand he might cool off a little bit but this is exactly what you know you and i were seeking out before the season started was a little bit more consistency uh, consistency out of chris Kreider. so um yeah definitely on the nice list so far this year uh second up mika zibanejad uh you know this is a tough one because the fan base would say he's been naughty and obviously in terms of what uh in terms of what we're used to seeing from him and his you know his elite goal scoring the last few seasons he's been naughty but you know i was actually reading a thread on twitter and someone was doing a deep dive into zbanajad's game this year and that he's actually seems to he's been much better defensively and in transition and again Kreider's been the hot hand so he's definitely been looking to feed him more and looks like he hasn't been trusting a shot but he's been good about coming back and he's obviously he hasn't been converting on plays and they've been dying a stick uh which is an unfortunate and he's looked a little out of sorts but again his his points are still pretty high due to him feeding Kreider and Kreider being hot and yeah, I mean, obviously, the last two games, he seems to have found one pin with Panarin going down. He seems to have finally started shooting the puck and trusting his shot. And lo and behold, he he was the Rangers' best player, I would say, probably for better part of the game against the Coyotes and for better part of. Uh, no, I think he was the Rangers' best player versus the Golden Knights. So and he's definitely had an extra boost in his skating, much like how Panarin looks slow to start the year. And then he just kind of found it and he came out flying. So. Yeah, I I mean by most again by his standards and most people's standards I think you would say he's been naughty but uh he's 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 late late push there to try to get back on the night list nice list. So maybe as a, overall he's been naughty but uh it looks like he might be trending for nice in the new year so it'll be good for next Christmas. Yeah, and you know what? If the last two games he's certainly been on the nice list. I mean, he basically carried the Rangers offense the last game against the Knights. And that's exactly what you need from him. Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Naughty overall for the season. 
I'm sorry, but seven goals is just not going to cut it. We need him to be a goal scorer. We know he can score in bunches. And, you know, before the season started, again, that was another guy that you kind of penciled in as being one of our main contributors and leaders up on the offensive side of the puck. But, um, you know, here we are, you know, 30 games in, he's got seven goals, but he does seem to have the hot hand coming. Hopefully that continues, uh, you know, once the pause is lifted and we're back against Detroit on the 27th. So, yeah, he's on my naughty list uh, this year. So. All right, their right winger, Capo Caco. Uh, you know, I think Caco is, is on, I'd put him on the nice list. Obviously, his first 10 games were the naughty list, but the second the dam finally broke for him uh, against New Jersey, he's looked like a different player. He actually, you know, he found some success with uh, Strom and Panarin. And then they moved him up to play with Cryer Zabanajad, and he's been getting chances. Maybe he hasn't been converting all the time, but as terms of his development into a premier player in this league and a star like the Rangers want him to be, he's take he's generating chances, playing first line minutes, and he's definitely there. I think there's been times where he's actually been he's done a lot to create, and it just obviously Zabanajad not shooting the puck or having confidence or whatever. It's just his line mates have been the ones that have let him down. So. I mean, and this is just my opinion. For me, I don't know how you could say that's not a, a positive development for him to l- play on the first line. Maybe he's not lighting the world on fire, but again, he's creating and generating, and he looks like a first line player to me when he plays like that, and he looks stronger and more confident. So, yeah, a good step for his development. So, I'm going to say he's on the nice list, or at least my nice list. Yeah, I'm going to put him on the nice list because I think going into this year, I kind of I I already knew that he wasn't going to be really that productive, but I wanted to be I wanted him to be a little bit stronger on the puck, which he is. I wanted him to be better away from the puck with I which I think he is. And you know, right now, I, the, honestly, I, I kind of like him better on on that second line with uh, Panarin and Strom, but you know, it, it's kind of like one of those things where if Mika, you know, drives that first line and if he's kind of ice cold, then you can't help but, you know, say Kako's probably going to be in a similar situation. Uh, Kreider has all those points and all those goals on the power play, so it's not like his line mates are lighting the lamp and he's kind of dragging them down. Uh, so far, you know, I feel like Kako might be a victim of actually playing on the first line. So I'm going to give him, I'm going to put him on the nice list, uh, and, and, and hopefully he becomes that player where he can, you know, kind of drive that line and, and create on his own because certainly his line mates right now on five on five or having a rough time uh, producing. So uh, I'll, I'll put him on the nice list. Uh, you know, that could be just me being, I, I like Kako. I'm a little biased there. I like him though. Um, all right, let's do, let's do the fourth line, Andy here. Uh, we're going to do, um, let's do, uh, yeah, let's do Goudreau. Barclay Goudreau. Um, you know, I, I'd say the contract's on the naughty list, but <laughs> I, you know, I, it's a tough one for me because, I mean, he hasn't exactly lit the world on fire for this team or he's not like more offensive than you would think. But the same the same uh, thing can be said is that he was kind of brought in to play a heavier style and help them expertly close out games. And he clearly has done that, um, at least with his penalty killing. You know, he's got a lot of empty net goals this year, but that's, you know, we've seen him play his best hockey in the dying minutes of most of these games and that's what his he was kind of brought in to do he's overpaid but so again um again he hasn't it's not like he's really stood out to me but i just think he's a guy 
much like Ryan Reeves and that his presence and his pedigree just makes everyone feel a little, little bit more secure if his play, even if his play isn't exactly inspiring that. So, um, you know, uh, I, 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 I guess I put, like I said, I'll put his contract on the naughty list, but I'll put him on the nice list because again, it's, I don't think he was brought in here to be a big offensive booster. He was brought in to be uh, a utility player who kills penalties, makes the whole team walk a little bit uh, taller, plays with some snarl. And he's actually, he scored some pretty opportune goals for this team. So, uh, and he's definitely been a big reason why that fourth line has found some success this season. And it's been a while since the Rangers have had that. So in that sense, you know, I'll put him on the nice list. Why not? Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I Listen, the $3.6 million that he's making doesn't really bother me that much. Uh, you kind of knew exactly what you were signing up for when he was brought here. He obviously wasn't here to score goals and be a playmaker. He was kind of here to be, you know, a middle six forward that kind of solidifies us and, you know, gives us a little bit of that swagger and playing, you know, being tougher to play against the, uh, you know, not to beat that, you know, dead horse, but, you know, it, it just, I don't know, Andy. It's just one of he's one of those players where you're kind of happy that you got him. He's definitely a depth player. You can definitely see that he's uh, trustful on on the defensive side of the puck, especially late in games. Uh, and I got to give him a little bit credit uh, where credit's due for you know sticking with the fourth line and kind of solidifying that fourth line. And they've uh, done a pretty good job this year. So you know, for me, I can't put him on the naughty list, even though he's probably expected the most of out of all our all our our fourth line guys man i am mumbling stumbling all right let's just go into kevin rooney um you know another fourth line guy guy's been playing center uh you know i I don't know for me i'll go first this time andy for me kevin rooney i have to put him on the nice list it's not his fault he's with us i mean i don't really love him but I think he's overachieved as a New York Ranger. I mean, for what he's been able to do with us, I feel like he's been a spark plug at times. I think he helps that fourth line go. He's got a lot of charisma, and I like his character. So, yeah, all in all, I mean, there's nothing more you could really ask from a, a fourth line guy. I, and I know I bashed him before for not being able to produce, but I only say that because you see how many chances they actually do get. And it's just like kind of frustrating. You're like, well, I know they're the fourth line, but you know I little need a little bit more icing on the cake here uh, to feel great about this line instead of just feeling really good. Yeah, I agree. I mean, in one sense, he's got six goals, which is for a fourth right. liner playing the amount and of, of ice time he does. That's not bad at all. He's definitely scored some good, some important goals for the team this year. Um, he's a good penalty killer. So again, he's. Uh, the fourth line is has found has been good. I will, will I refuse to say great. I don't think they've been a revelation or anything, but they've been good. And considering where the Rangers fourth line state of the Rangers fourth lines the last few years, that's a, a big step up. So yeah, I think he's been good. The contract obviously isn't all that bad at all. And again, I you have to see again. At first, it was uh, I forget who they had down there. It was some form of hunt was down there at first but then he's kind of moved up subsequently so there's been some shuffling but Goudreau seems to be a good fit for that line he's got a little bit more poise and patience where at times uh Reeves and Rooney are they kind of are what they are they're not the most skilled guys and especially when you get McKegg down there so 
Yeah, I think as long as they keep that line together and they don't get hemmed in by teams' top lines, as has happened to them at times with uh, when they get the last change, he's been he's been good. So I'll say he's he's on the nice list. And again, the Rangers. It shouldn't be a shock to people considering where the Rangers are in terms of the league standings, why you're going to have a bunch of players on the nice list. Because, uh, And again, this is relative to expectations, I mean, you know, for that said player. So, yeah, I'll say Rooney's on the nice list. Yeah, and let's, uh, you know, round out the fourth line here with uh, Ryan Reeves. Obviously kind of a buzzworthy, you know, signing, you know, Rangers getting him obviously fulfilled the you know, the role that the Rangers were going to be the, t- you know, the bad boys on the ice and tougher to play against and just not take any of that crap that they did last year. Uh, I know his presence. I, well, let me say this. I know his presence alone has helped this team without a doubt. I think his character on the bench, he's always smiling. He's, you know, uh, you know, always, you know, slapping guys on the, you know, on the, on the back saying good job and stuff like that. That part I love. I wish there were there was a couple moments and I kind of like forget honestly and this is the, my my only knock against them is I kind of wish that he'd be a little bit more willing to drop the gloves just a little bit more aggressive but I also understand that the Rangers have been humming along for the you know most part of the season so he doesn't want to be a disruptor and that's kind of what I respect out of him it's he kind of knows his time and place even though I might you know the emotional fan in me will be like why isn't he dropping the gloves I think he's been pretty smart about it. You know, he hasn't really had to, uh, you know, he hasn't really needed to step up to in order to protect anybody. So, you know, I give him kudos to kind of know when to step up and when to not. I guess that has a lot to do with his maturity and his, you know, veteran presence, which is much needed in the New York Rangers locker room. So uh, all in all, I put him on the nice list to kind of round out fourth line. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Again, no one's expecting big things in terms of uh, production from him, although he's had some of his moments. I mean, you look at that. Uh, he had the, the two assists, beautiful assist versus the Islanders. He makes he's on the boards. He makes a between his legs pass from the boards uh, that the fourth line converts on. And then he up the ice. He has that nice curl and drag, you know, a little toe drag to from forehand to pass on the backhand, you know. So and at t- yeah, so at times he's shown. He's got good vision for his, especially considering how slow he is. I think that's a big testament to an underrated aspect of his game is that he's got good vision. It's just, you know, unfortunately, the guy is big and slow as molasses. So and if he was faster, he would be a much better player. But that being said, yeah, I mean, Ryan Reeves, you sign him for the whole package. Uh, The team obviously loves him. He has you look at him on the ice. He's got little things with everyone when they win. He kind of brushes his chest off and uh, him and. Igor give each other a chest bump. Uh, prior to the game, he screams, you know, Igor or Shesty or, 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 or Georgie. He says, release us. And he screams and then they walk out. He's got a special little handshake with uh, Zabanajad. Him and Lafreniere hug. And clearly Lafreniere loves to just interact with him. He's always, you know, hanging all over him. Uh, yeah, he just has these things with everyone. You know what I mean? And that's just, he's a guy that just makes your team, like you said, uh, they all stand with their chest puffed out a little bit more just he's a he makes them all feel better about it and he brings a good vibe to the team and a serious vibe like all right this is a guy who is you can afford him because even though i think the subsects of having a ryan reeves is that you know that he's not the a world beater in terms of his play on the ice but 
you have him for the other things he brings. And just by having him means that you are in a strata of teams that uh, are in a position to have the luxury of such a player. It's not like you need all hands on deck at times, you know? So uh, yeah, I, you put him on the nice list for, for me, especially. And again, with, as far as the, yeah, there's maybe a few times I wish he had dropped the gloves more, but again, you still see the Rangers sticking up for themselves. So it almost becomes a, you know, give a man a fish, uh, teach a man to fish type situation. You know what yeah. I mean? Which is, which we don't, you don't really consider, but then again, just having it makes every other players want to step up. And we've seen other players fight and stand up for themselves. We've seen Lafreniere scrapping, you know, Strom at times, uh, Truba has answered the call. Yeah, you know, Linda, like, so again, they're, I think the whole team is walking taller with him in the locker room. And I, you know, I think it's one of those things that for the last few seasons, I've kind of been like, oh, well, that's kind of bullshit or it's like overrated, but the, I, the proof's in the pudding. So clearly it isn't. Yep. And I, I couldn't agree more. So, all right, let's go into the, to the second line now. Um, we'll go start from the left side and we'll do Artemi Pernarin. I mean, He's on the nice list. He, yeah, he he started on the naughty list. He looked out of sorts, but he he quickly found his footing and is right back up there among you know producing among the league leaders. And just kind of goes to show that had he you know maybe not been hurt here or there or uh, been a little bit out of sorts, he had, was clearly working his way back into the season. And once he, sw- he we were all concerned about him, he was on the the naughty list for those first couple of games. And then once he figured it out, it's just he never looked back. Uh, you know, you look at the way he's played. He's been dominant against his former teams. Every time they've played the Blue Jackets or, or the Hawks, he just turn, goes into, you know, God mode. And, you know, he put up the seven points in two games versus the Hawks. I forget how much he's had against. He's definitely burned uh, the Blue Jackets every time they've met this year. So, um, yeah, bread is bread. And that contract still continues to be a good contract for the Rangers, despite how being one of the most lucrative in the league. So that just tells you all you need to know about him. I've never, you know, you're, you're happy to have him. And even when he plays, even when he was playing bad, you look up, be like, Oh, you know, he was bad. I mean, he had two, he had two points, but he was bad. You know what I mean? And that just goes to show how spoiled the Rangers are to have him. So yep. Bread's bread's on the, the nice list. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's not really much else to even say. It's just, if, if he's on your naughty list, then I don't know, maybe hockey's not for you. Yeah, and if 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 he was on the naughty list, then uh, the Rangers are not in a playoff, and a lot of these guys would be on the naughty list. So very true. Uh, this yeah. cer- this guy certainly would be uh, Ryan Strom, Andy. Yeah, Strom is again on the nice list. He him and his chemistry with Panarin continues to hum along. I actually like his defensive engagement a lot better this season. He hasn't been uh, anywhere near as porous or lazy on back checks and things of that nature. And I feel like he's actually playing a little bit more physical this year, which I like. Uh, again, yeah. So he, he's on the nice list, but it's, I, unfortunately, because him and Panarin play so many of their minutes together, it's hard to separate it. So it almost becomes a, a weird bone of contention. It's like with Rangers fans where they're just like, this guy sucks. If he wasn't Panarin, he would suck. It's like, well, he is with Panarin and he plays all his minutes with Panarin and he's good when he's with Panarin. Yeah. But if he wasn't, he would suck. It's like, well, that, he isn't. <laughs> so it just becomes kind of a self-defeating, like. You know, so, uh, yeah, Panarin, listen, Strom's on the nice list uh, as much as that probably pains a lot of Rangers fans to say. And obviously coming into the season, the, the belief was that they were going to let Strom walk or they were going to trade him. But especially considering what he could command, but there has apparently been talks with his camp and you have to he loves playing with Panarin. Panarin loves playing with him. They work out together and you have to wonder if they can get him. You know, is there a trade out there that makes sense in terms of 
just hoping that it'll work out with a player is like maybe you give up some chemistry with that line. But when they're together, they have the puck all the time and they outscore their lines and they're the Rangers like best goal differential line. So does it really make sense to split them up? So that's the eternal question. That is the biggest, I think the biggest uh, bone of contention for Rangers fans and the biggest where they're the most split. Uh, but again, I, I, Strom is with Panarin and he's on the nice list. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you. Um, he, he is a, one of those guys. I think he's he's right up there with Chris Kreider that they can easily go to the naughty list. But I kind of have to give Strom a little bit of credit. I feel like he's his own player this year, a little bit more than last. And um, I, I don't know if it's because he needs to feel a little bit, you know, on his own. I don't know. I like, he, you know, when when Panarin was playing bad, I felt like sh- like. Strom was still playing all right. Like yeah. he still was driving that line a little bit. He was still doing a lot of good things. It wasn't like he was totally dependent on, you know, Panarin to kind of make or break his his season. So that's what I kind of like about him. He's a little bit on his own this year. And, uh, you know, what I expect from him the rest of the season, though, you know, he needs to be, you know, consistent. You know, this line really needs to put the puck in the net on five on five. And, I'd like to, you know, see that line get really, you know, red hot and just kind of be a driving force in this league and kind of, you know, get us wins, you know, put the puck in three, you know, three goals in one night, you know, two goals the next, three goals. Like they need to be one of those lines. And, um, you know, this obviously further expands the discussion when I bring up the next player, which is if I told you at the beginning of the season that he'd be with these two guys, you'd be scratching his head. But as of right now, it's kind of Dryden Hunt on the right, right side. So. Um, what do you think of uh, Dryden Hunt? I mean, you have to, considering he came in with no fanfare, you have to put him on the nice list. And I, again, I, when in our season previews, I thought he could be a low key, sneaky good signing, considering his underlying numbers in a, for a bad Coyotes team uh, were actually pretty solid. And yeah, he's kind of lived up to that here. I think, again, he suffers from, or I, I shouldn't say he suffers from, but he's one of those guys that because he gives maximum effort, he coaches love him. And hence they put him in situations that might be a little bit above his, you know, he plays a a little bit above his head sometimes, but it's not his fault. The coach just says, all right, I love the jam. You're like, you're doing something and it's good. It's positive. You're moving your feet and you're creating disruption. So I'm going to put you on the top six. So he does that. And, you know, he does good effort, but a lot of his plays don't go anywhere because he doesn't have the vision or, you know, patience or poise of a, of a top six player. But again, it's not really his fault. He's played well enough to earn that spot. And he scored some big goals for this team. You know, I mean, he's been good about going to the net and just being around there when he uses his speed so well and he doesn't take shifts off. And uh, yeah, I mean, again, he's on the he's on the nice list because he works his little bag off and much. He's kind of become this year's uh Maybe not the same with the same extent, but in terms of when he's on the ice, he's kind of reminiscent of Colin Blackwell for the Rangers last year. That just guy who maybe is overperforming at times, but plays really hard and has knows this is a good opportunity for him. He comes to to a team where he's got a clean slate and he does the most, makes the most of his minutes. So yeah, he can't really. That's good in my book. So he's on. He's definitely on the nice list. Yeah, I mean the guy's making seven hundred and sixty-two thousand dollars. So the fact that we're getting this kind of production effort impact from him is, you know, kind of overwhelming. Listen, I know he's playing second line, but he's there because of how hard he works. 
he's not really going to be a guy that can drive anything on that line, especially when you have Panarin, who doesn't need anybody else's help to create offense for himself. And even Strom, I, I just don't think like, you know, those two don't necessarily need to complement each other for that line to be successful. It's driven through one person and that's it. And, you know, as long as Hunt's working hard and kind of just being physical and, and just going to run amok in the offensive zone and creates a little bit more time and space and confusion and congestion where it's needed, uh, you know, I, I think it's fine. So, yeah, it's a no-brainer to put him on the nice list. Um, there's a reason why he's on the second line, and, you know, it, it, you can't really knock him. I mean, the guy's expectations to reality is certainly, uh, you know, certainly in a, a good position so far. And though I just hope the Ranger fans don't start to turn on him, expecting him to be some, you know, 20-goal guy because he's playing right wing with Panarin, um, you know, uh, on the second line. So Yeah, and again, much was made of there was comments where last season where Panarin and Strom came out preferred to play with uh, like a Colin Blackwell over a Capo Caco because, again, they have a they have a special mental bond, you know, uh, almost uh, they can read each other's where they're, each other's going to go and they don't need another guy trying to play their style. They want someone who can dislodge pucks off the boards and get it to one of them so then they can get it to the other guy and then can go to the net and to give them some more space and then just if there's if uh, if their initial shot doesn't go in they can jam at the rebound and can cash in easy pucks and that's what hunt is doing and that's what you need from you they're going to need from him and that's what those two want because those two no matter who you put them with it's going to be good but again i think it, it at first everyone's like well why do you move kako but I think in the long run, it's a better move for Kako's development because he's going to possess the puck a little bit more playing with Mika and Kreider. Whereas, you know, those two like to play pitch and catch along the boards and rim it around and find each other. So where Kako's just kind of be standing, waiting for it in like in the slot, like, you know, I don't think that benefits his development as much as uh, being on that line where those three are a little bit more willing to try to try to find each other and give up the puck and all kind of work up with each other. So even though they had found a little bit of success, it's I think it's in the in the long run, it's a smart move. So, yep, uh, Dryden Hunt doing exactly what's asked of him, and then some has found his way on the second line because he works hard and he only makes 750K. He is on the nice list. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. As everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving new customers free shots at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, Bet $1 on any team to score, and you win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
All right. All right. Let's go to the third line, which I think will be interesting. I'm curious. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Lafreniere. Uh, you know, I, I feel bad for saying it, but I guess he can't really, he's on the only way to really say he's on the, the naughty list. I, and again, he's on the naughty list relative to the expectations for the player. Uh, do I think he has been playing better as of late? I do. I loved his, his defensive play. Cause of the, again, he wasn't moving his feet to start the year and he was, uh, struggling and it came out in the, you know, obviously in the press. But Gallant would go to bat for him and say, we've had talks, and he knows he has to be better, and he, he, he found himself riding the pine for a little bit. But he's been better. I mean, that back check against uh, Vegas the other night was awesome, and he was, he's clearly been engaged, and he's throwing the body and jammed. The problem is, he is a first overall pick, and he has all the expectations that go with that, and you can't get rid of that. And the production just hasn't been there. So... Again, I don't think because he's on the naughty list, I don't think that means he's a bust. I don't think that means he won't develop into a good player. I just think for uh, a kid with maybe subpar foot speed and skating relative to NHL average, that he it's hard for him to use a skill, much like Kako, who we saw kind of falling down the last two seasons was he, as he was getting his feet under them. But now that uh, once you get that extra step, that's all so important. It just makes you, you're able to utilize your skill better and then you're going to look like a different player. So I think that's the biggest thing from Lafreniere was learn to keep his feet moving. Right now, he's looking the part of a role player in the NHL, which is good. You know, he's kind of figuring out what he can do because he was making some real lazy boneheaded plays early on, but he's definitely cut down on that and he's playing more direct. And I think you're really learning how much time and space you really have at the NHL level, which is not enough, a lot, but uh, yeah, he's on the naughty list, unfortunately, but that doesn't mean he will never come off the naughty list and won't eventually be on the nice list. But listen, I mean, relative to the expectations for a first overall, he's absolutely on the naughty list. And, you know, it's a shame, but uh, again, it would, if anything, having in the long run, maybe him and Kako coming on a little bit slower is not the worst thing because they're going to have to have to afford all these players somehow. So we'll see. Yeah, but it's, you know, you don't really want to be having that conversation like uh, and bragging about how little you get to pay these guys because of how <laughs> no, bad they exactly. were. Exactly. You have another problem. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, for me, it's the naughty list. It's I, I'm, I'm done hanging expectations on the defensive side of the puck for the first and second overall pick. I mean, I, I think, Kako, you kind of see it. Lafreniere, I mean, there are games where I don't even know he's playing. And I just. I don't know. I have a weird feeling that this guy is going to be an historic bust. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like he's not strong enough and he's not quick enough to do anything at this level. You know, all his goals are tapping goals. I, I, I see, you know, his hockey IQ a little bit. He is in the right spots at times, but he's just ineffective at every th- single thing he does uh, offensively. And uh, I, I don't know if he's looking for more one-on-one matchups where he's got a little bit more speed coming into the zone to kind of show his flashes. But, I mean, he can pass the puck for sure. I, I just don't know him to be a, a goal scorer here in this league. Maybe if you put him with a, a better goal scorer consistently, he might shine a little bit. But overall, yeah, you, you kind of hope that he would drive the third line a little bit. And you see a shift or two a game, and that's it. And, you know, that's where, you know, I don't know, it just 
I worry, Andy. I have a lot of, that definitely makes me a little stressed out when thinking about our future and thinking that, you know, maybe Lafreniere isn't the player that I thought he was going to be. So, but, um, okay, let's just go, let's just go right into the center Filipino. Uh, actually, I'll start with this one, Andy. For me, this is a naughty list. I don't even think we'll have to do this again. I think he'll be gone sooner rather than later, but certainly by the trade deadline. It just makes sense. Uh, he's not stepped up. He, again, shows a little bit sign, signs of brilliance and where he can make a play and beat a defenseman one-on-one. But I don't know. It just seems like there's no offensive touch. There's no goal-scoring touch. There's no playmaking touch. I just feel like everything that he does is just difficult. And unfortunately, that, that that's not going to cut it as a third-line center. And you know, I think the Rangers can certainly add a lot of depth and. And he can also be a really good key piece in a trade. So, um, yeah, that's I'm putting him on the naughty list. Yeah, I, unfortunately for Heedel, he is. I think he's ultimately a player who has uh, he has first line physical tools, but uh, third line probably hockey sense and vision. Uh, and yeah, that clearly hinders him because he has these moments where he does something that looks brilliant. Or at least these one-on-one plays are looks just too fast, too strong, too powerful, and too skilled, and it looks so tantalizing. So you're like, he there's something has to be here. But I think by now you you understand he doesn't really use his teammates well enough. Uh, yes, he's had some some better passes this year, but uh, his it, it you know he almost it's like his success has gone down in the last few seasons, I feel like. I feel like he's he looked even better. Last year, he looked pretty good. He looked like, all right, he might finally take this step next year and just hasn't come together for him. Uh, they're trying him on the wing now, and I think that's a good move. I think people have been clamoring for this for a long time. If he doesn't have the the vision to be a center and a, a facilitator, then use his speed to be heavy on the quick and heavy on the puck and put him with more talented players overall because I think you look at a guy like Julian Gauthier, who we'll get to in a second, um, using his assets just to do that has led to so much more success for him. Or I don't want to say so much more, but has led to more success for him and has put him into in better spots. And listen, he has got chances. You know, that's thing that's the kind of the curse of him is that his physical gifts definitely allow and his puck protection and his ranginess and his size and his speed allows him to create. But ultimately he cannot capitalize on his own chances because uh yeah, I think it's just a like you said a lack of, whether it's a lack of confidence or hockey sense or vision or finishing touch or poise. Uh, yeah, again, it's just it. Yeah, it kind of undoes the the gifts that he has. So unfortunately, he is on the naughty list. And again, I think the Rangers will. Uh, it, unfortunately, considering Chris Drury's trading track record right now, probably take a bath on him. Although, again, does he have much value right now? And he could also easily be a player that gets traded elsewhere, and then he figures it out, and he becomes a very good second-line center, which would suck, but it's probably most likely going to happen. So he's on the naughty list. It's unfortunate. Uh, just wasn't able to to put it together this year. And you, yeah, you were hoping he would, especially how good he looked in that preseason game versus the Islanders. So you were hoping he would get there. But yeah, I just don't think that his hockey sense is rounded out to where it needs to be to be a consistent second-line center. So that's unfortunate. Yep, and uh, we'll go right into the right winger, Julian the Goat Gautier. Uh, again, another player making less than a million dollars. Huge body, six foot four. This is pretty much his first opportunity to play consistently in the NHL. Uh, 
you, you saw a little bit of last year of what he could do, but he was never really given a shot. This year, he's kind of, you know, come in and, and been a, a good presence on that third line. Uh, he, he does use his body and his speed is pretty good for, you know, a guy his size. And, you know, you, you kind of hope that he keeps building off of what he's been able to do so far. Uh, you want a little bit more out of him in terms of production. But again, a guy that, you know, maybe needs to kind of feel a little bit more comfortable playing the NHL game. Uh, to be that more productive. So maybe time will make him a, a solid, solid player. But right now I have to put him on the nice list given the amount of money he's costing us and what he's been able to do so far this season. Yeah, I, he's on my nice list. Again, this is his first crack with a coaching staff that believes in him. He's not playing a crazy amount of minutes, but what what do we know about Julian Gauthier is that his strength and his speed can create chances. And he drives the net at least once a game. He usually draws a penalty on it. He's cashing some. He's shown nice vision at times, finding hooking up for goals and passes. Uh, that Boston game was an awesome game from him. And yeah, I mean, again, it's you like you said. You maybe wish you're seeing a little bit more, but again, you, you forget he's still kind of young. He's what twenty three. Um, I think I think that's correct. And he hasn't ever got a chance to play minutes. He, he barely played NHL minutes last year. So this is his first time. You know, you have to let let him get comfortable at this level. But he's clearly getting there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, he's a he's a middle six power winger who can draw penalties at the end of the day with his. But you need those guys. You know what I mean? And I think the more comfortable he gets. And the more confidence he's shown from the, uh, the coaching staff that he will perform as such. So. You know, we the Rangers got him for trading Joey Keane, who um, I don't know. I'm sure he's right now he's a good AHL defenseman, and maybe one day he will really pop out for Carolina, but he's not there yet. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's not like the expectations were, were sky high for him. Uh, so, yeah, I think relative to his expectations, he's the only player on that line who's on the nice list. I agree. I agree. So let's let's get into the defenseman. I know. This first pairing, I think, is going to be pretty simple for you. But, uh, you know, just I'd love to hear your thoughts kind of summed up. Um, we'll do, I guess, by pairing just for, t- for time. Yeah, sure. uh, Ryan Lindgren and Adam Fox. Uh, no surprise. They're continuing to be on the nice list. You know, Adam Fox is, again, I haven't checked. Is he still leading all defensemen in points? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's uh, case of the Panarins almost. Yeah. So, again. Uh, Fox picks up right where he left off. He even had moments where he looked better than last year, if that's possibly crazy. He's done some crazy stuff this year. He's also had a few games where he's looked a little uncharacteristically not like himself, but to play perfect hockey for three seasons in a row is damn near impossible. So he's tied with Victor Hedman for first. Okay. Yeah. And And here's, and you know, one of these teams is way better than the team that Adam Fox is on. But again, uh, yeah, picking up right where he left off. Lindgren is most underrated player on the team. Again, Fox's partner, his his rock. Uh, it was so cool to see him get that OT winner off of a brilliant play from Fox. And those two have actually hooked up for goals a couple times this year. You remember they score that uh, game tying goal against the Senators and that comeback they had early on, and then Fox pinching down in the dying seconds of the Buffalo game to get to to Mika, who gets it to. Uh, creeping down Lindegren who scores the OT, OT winner with 0.6 seconds left. That was so awesome. So 
we love Lindy. He's not bleeding as much this year, uh, but he's still as physical as ever. And yeah, that, that pair continues to be a rock for the Rangers. So uh, they're both on the nice list. Yeah, it, it's just amazing that we you know have these two guys. And, and you know, obviously Fox is a generational talent. Uh, he's going to be one of the best defensemen in the league for, for quite some time. So happy that we locked them up this year and don't have to sweat it out or worry about it. Uh, Lindgren's another guy that seems to just kind of buy into what his role is. And that's just to kind of be, you know, the Robin to, you know, the Batman of Adam Fox. And you see that he's a little bit more comfortable now. I think he's jumping into plays. He's kind of showing that he's got an offensive side to him, too. And he's not afraid to jump in a play and, and get a shot on goal or or pinch when needed. And I really like that part of his game. And, you know, the guy just, you know, bleeds at NYR and just one of those guys that will, you know, block a shot with his face, do whatever it takes to win. And, you know, the, those are the fan favorites. And those are the guys that I think New York Ranger fans really come to appreciate. And uh, I think that, you know, his efforts so far and what he's been able to do as a New York Ranger, I think, is why he's, you know, one of the more loved players on this team. All right. The next the next pairing, we got Jacob Truba and Keandre Miller. Uh, Truba is most certainly on the nice list. I mean, as everyone knows, just his play this year has been commiserate for how much he makes. He's been a real leader on this team. Uh, between just the physicality and the, the big hits he's thrown, which obviously fans love. But that being said, his play in his own end has been excellent. And he's been... He's looked like the Rangers' steadiest defenders at time, and just the way he's getting involved with the offense and skating this year. Uh, lo and behold, he's playing. Not only is he doing that, he's playing well, and it allows his partner, uh, a up and coming NHLer, to feel more safe and secure. And sometimes he's got to bail his partner out, but that's kind of what you're supposed to do when you have, you're helping break young NHL defensemen into the league. So, yeah, Truba has clearly been on the nice list. He's been excellent this year. It's a great year for him, and. Uh, you know, vis-a-vis, I think Keandre Miller's been on the nice list as well, because does he still have his mental lapses? Yes, but he's shown a little bit more physicality. He's shown more confidence with the puck and rushing it up and breaking out. And he's looked much more settled at times. He He's still kind of struggles sometimes with puck watching or, or planting his feet and not keeping his feet moving and allowing guys to get around him. But it has been mitigated. It's clearly not as much. Uh, he will have to get better with that, but he is, and he's developing. You've clearly seen him take steps in his development, and you still see the flashes of when he kind of just, he's so big, he just kind of pushes a guy off or shrugs him off and then just kind of takes off behind his own net. And next thing you know, he's already in the neutral zone, just looking effortless because he's so, uh, such a good skater. You know what I mean? So yeah, those two are both on the nice list. And again, it sounds like everyone's on the nice list other than the third line, but the Rangers are where they are for a reason because everyone has kind of performed well relative to their expectations. So, yeah, those two, for me, are on the nice list. Yeah, and, and you know, you look at Troopa's play, and I think it's just he's a little bit more comfortable throwing the body. I, I don't know why. I just Maybe because this, this new style that Galan has them playing, everyone is just a little bit more engaged. And I think you know that works, obviously, really well for Truba. I think it could actually hurt Keandre, and I think it has a little bit. Only because maybe his timing's a little off. It's a little uncomfortable for him to step up and make a huge hit, or feel like he's overcommitting at times and doesn't want to leave. You know, his you know his partner or his team just out the dry, or you know certainly his goaltender. So you know, I, I think over time playing this style and playing with 
um, you know, Truba under this system is going to do wonders for him because you kind of want him to be a little bit like how Truba's playing right now. And, you know, hopefully he's, you know, taking everything in and just absorbing everything like a sponge and, and, and kind of keeps learning. And, you know, he's certainly playing just fine for what we need him to do. And, you know, uh, all my expectations for, you know, Miller is just get better, right? Every single game, get better and, you know, keep building on the foundation that you have so far, because uh, if he continues to do that, I think he's going to be a very good special player for this team going forward. Uh, you know, a defenseman that you can trust. He could be their shutdown guy. You know, it's just kind of versatile. He's not afraid to jump up and to play at times. You know, that's exactly what we need, from, uh, especially on this team that may lack a scoring touch uh, on the offensive side of the puck sometimes. So uh, definitely nice to have a younger defenseman like him uh, in the lineup. And the last, uh, the last D pairing, uh, you know, we'll do Nemeth and Nils. I'll let you go. Yeah, I mean, listen, Nemeth is clearly on the naughty list. Uh, he, he hasn't, you know, he was brought in here to just hold down responsible third pairing minutes. Uh, his penalty killing has been good. He's been good. He's a good penalty killer. He's rangy, so that's good. But I think he's struggled in, again, we just spoke about when you're trying to break in a rookie alongside of you, you have to be the stabilizing presence on that line but considering Nemeth's puck moving abilities are are pretty limited you know if that's going to be the case you have to get the puck to your partner and I found that he's put a uh, a rookie Lundqvist to like put out fires and has got him like bad passes and 50 50 pucks which then he has to make a decision where he's trying to be like what well, this is my coverage and I got to do that and he's only been here for what third you know not he hasn't even played the full 30 game so far so uh, yeah, it's, he's clearly failed on that front, uh, to insulate his partner and make him feel more comfortable. And I'm sure he's given him advice and stuff and he lets him live with him and all this stuff, which is great. But on the ice, he, uh, yeah, Nemeth is clearly on the naughty list. Again, I struggle relative to expectations to put Lungfist on the, the naughty list. Cause again, I think at times he's shown that he's getting a little bit more comfortable. This is his first 30 games in a new league, in a new country. And yeah, I thought at first he clearly looked overmatched, like maybe he should have spent some time in the NHL. But as the season was rolling on, I thought he started looking more and more comfortable. And then he got hurt, um, which with a non-COVID related in, in injury. So he's kind of was been out the last few games and Hayek has stepped in for him. Uh, but yeah, again, I, a lot of his pro if he was playing with Truba, I do wonder if it would be much like uh, much clearer that oh Lundqvist is on the the nice list you know he hasn't set the world on fire but he's adjusting and he's making he's shown that he can make a good first pass and he can find his guys and uh yeah he he's finally got one on the power play through the point which is one of the biggest uh, tools in his tool chest coming from uh the Swedish elite league so hopefully he can cultivate that more although that second power play unit does not get much time and for good reason because the power play one is stacked and it's just been so good for the Rangers this year. So, um, yeah, I think I'm going to say relative to expectations and playing with Nemeth. I refuse to put a, a, a 30 game in the NHL Nils Lundqvist on the, the naughty list since simply because he's been playing with someone on the naughty list. So I'll put him on the nice list. Uh, but again, it's not, he hasn't set the world on fire, but again, I don't really think it's all been yeah, I couldn't agree more with you. Uh, Nemeth obviously just doesn't have what it takes right now. And I really am concerned about that last pairing uh, going into the rest of the season because if the Rangers don't address that, I think it's going to be really tough to kind of rely on 
you know, the first two pairings to kind of do all the work. And, you know, I, I just, it wouldn't be difficult to trade at the deadline for, a you know, just a, a you know, a, a good, solid third line, a third pairing defenseman that can just chew up minutes with zero expectation other than playing defense. And, you know, I want to see Nils feel a little bit more comfortable jumping into a play or joining the, you know, the offensive, uh, you know, especially if he pinches or just makes a play on the blue line. I want him to feel comfortable. And right now there's no way he can feel comfortable doing that. But unfortunately, you know, the, the, that's the pairing that the Rangers are living with right now. So, you know, hopefully things change in the future. But, you know, obviously Nemeth definitely going on the naughty list. Nils is probably on default on the naughty list too, uh, only because just, I don't know, I feel like overall play from the pairing has been a little underwhelming and I just want to see a little bit more out of Nils. There's some games where I scratch my head and, and, and wonder if it, you know, it's a little too soon for him. Um, but there are some games where he looks great and he's confident making passes out of the zone, you know, tr- you know, calling for the puck and he, you can tell he wants to be a trigger guy from the point and, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, he, he can create more opportunities for himself with a, a better D partner. Um, all right, let's do, uh, I mean, goaltending, I feel like we're definitely going to have the same answer. Uh, Igor and Georgie, um, how do you feel about them? Uh, I mean, Igor has been arguably the Rangers' best player this year, so he is clearly on the nice list. Uh, not much more I can really say. He's been excellent. He Unfor- you know, it's unfortunate he's had to deal with a, an injury here. Uh, but again, the silver lining being he's maybe has had some extra time to rest up, and the Rangers have more or less been able to stay afloat since his absence. As far as Guriev goes, it's kind of the tale of two seasons because he's clearly been on the naughty list to start the year. The Rangers couldn't be confident with him in net, and he wasn't confident in himself, and he was being a naughty boy and giving up clear sighted pucks and. Not uh, not contesting shots through traffic and just kind of looking up to the heavens and with this woe is me type look because everything was going wrong for him. And then finally, uh, Igor goes down and he has to play and he looks a little shaky in his first game, but they win. And he looks a little bit better in the next game and he looks better and better. And honestly, even though he the Rangers, you know, lost. Uh, lost drop games to Nashville and. Uh, the Golden Knights with him and net. He was good in both games. You know, uh, uh, listen, uh, if you lose in a shootout, that's a coin flip for the team. You could have won. I'm not going to, you know, I thought he was good that game. Most of the goals were not on him. They were breakdowns, which he kind of had no chance on or, or just getting people in his face and screened. And then, yeah, to lose. The only reason he lost that game, because as good as he was, UC Saros was insane. And, he only gave up again one goal off of a weird breakdown with the players and sticks in face. I think actually I think that was the game where it's like Nemeth tried to wasn't that the game where Nemeth tried to like knock it down with his with his his glove and he ended up just like screening right over his face or something stupid. So he's been good. So he's been on the nice list for the since he since uh, Shesterkin went down. But is that enough overall with the season? Why well, I, I guess he's been technically he's played more games now with Eager out, so it almost he's been probably nicer than he has been naughty this season because obviously he only played was naughty for the three games to help Eeyore get some rest. So it's tough. It's real. This is the one that I really struggle with. He's really on the line. I wish we had a, a category for somewhere in the middle, but I know you're either naughty or nice. So 
I mean, again, this is why I think why you you sign it. You have your backup goaltender. So I I'm going to say his play as of late has redeemed him. He's he he's a I think he's a last minute addition to the nice uh, list. I think right before Christmas, Santa recognizes he's made an attempt to be a good good little boy these last few uh, games here, and uh, I think he did just enough to put himself on the nice list. Yeah, I mean, he's got a save percentage over 900, uh, 2.87 goals against average. You know, Georgie, for what he's done the last, you know, couple of weeks here with, with Igor out, you got to be, you know, appreciative. He stepped up. Uh, that's, that's, you know, that's just the nature of, you know, what he did. You know, he, after a dismal, awful start where some of the goals he was let in were just head scratchers, you know, the fluky shots that wasn't even screened on. You just, you felt zero confidence when he was in net. As soon as Euro went down, I mean, it started game one. It wasn't even like, you know, he needed a warm-up game. He, he was just a different goaltender. And um, this is what I think fans get frustrated with with, uh, with Georgie is that, you know, he can be that caliber of a goaltender. Why can't he just do it part-time? And I don't know if that's mental. I'm sure it is since goaltending is driven by, you know, the, the, your, a lot of your, you know, mental confidence certainly drives your play most of the time and you know I don't know if he feels helpless that he's in the back seat once again to to Igor but uh you know if he wants to be traded to a team so he can have a, a full-time opportunity to be a starter he certainly needs to keep this this up and Igor is now back so there's no excuse this time you know if it's if he turns back into that pumpkin so to speak you know I think I don't I, I mean I don't know. I don't know if he'll ever get a chance then because it's like if you can show positive numbers moving into a positive direction, okay, I had a slow start to the season, but I really turned it on and I was able to play, you know, 20 games for this team and and these are my numbers and they're impressive. I think he'll get an opportunity, but again, if he goes back into what he was at the beginning of the season, I'm afraid his his, his chances of being a starter in this league are almost diminished. So Again, Igor is kind of like Fox and, and Panarin on the you know offense and defense. You know he's been that good at goaltending. He's one of the best goalies in the league, and uh, we're certainly spoiled just to continue with the the goalie trend of having you know Lundqvist and now Igor. It seems like he's certainly a beast in goal. So um, I'll I'll finish it off with my last two cents here on the coaching staff. Uh, I think they've done an excellent job. You can tell that this new system fits a little bit better. Uh, our team, our roster, despite it not looking the sexiest, I think we're getting the most out of a lot of our players. And, um, you know, you'd like to see a little bit more out of some of the younger guys, but maybe time will tell a different story. So uh, as of right now, over the first 30 games, you have to give a lot of credit to Gallant uh, for being able to to manage and manage this bench and, and get the most and out of this team overall. They they win games and that's all you need to do at the end of the day if you're a coach, get your team to win. So, um, Andy, your final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, I said earlier the proof is in the pudding, and it is. Their record is reflective of having uh, Gerard Gallant behind the bench and his staff. Uh, is their penalty? kill good yes is their power play good yes uh is it top of the league no but is in the top 10 i believe for both their i think they're at least they've their power plays had a good stretch here the last few games so it might be now i haven't checked recently but yeah they're they're a top they're a, a top 15 team in terms of their penalty kill and power play I, I believe right i think that's a safe assumption to make um 
and they they win games. Like you said, you wish their younger players maybe were performing a little bit better, but Gerard Gallant is a big role player guy. Everyone, we, they said they were going to have defined roles, so their third line, even with kids on it, is playing a little bit more of a support jump energy role. And the kid line, even though they haven't been converting, at least at times they've disrupted play when they're on the ice. Yeah, they don't score, but they run around in the other player's end and, and do their best to to at least keep the puck there. The fourth line has been the best it's been for the Rangers in a while, and they've Turk clearly has a good relationship with Reeves and trusts him out there, and it hasn't always been the best. But uh, I think for the most part, like you said, the like he gets the most out of the roster he has in front of him, which is clearly not perfect and clearly not a upper echelon team in this league. So Rangers have a top. The Rangers are sixth in power play and ten in penalty kill. There you go. They're top ten in both. Look at that. Uh, So, and again, I think that's a testament to just having Gallant and we've seen him uh, try to protect his players to the media when they harp on why isn't Lafreniere doing this or Kako doing this or why you you sit Philip Heedle. And that's what, that's what a good coach does. He protects his players. He's a former player himself. He knows what it's like to be on the other end of that. So he's never too high, never too low. If, if they don't have a good outing, he's doesn't. He's not like doom and gloom. Like, we got to figure something out here. Where Quinn felt like, you know, you saw on his face where he's just like, yeah, it certainly needs to be better and we'll have to dress and we'll work on it. But we move forward. He never makes too much out of things and uh, it clearly works. So it's working. And I, yeah, I think that's all you can really, really say about that. Um, every coach is going to have strange lineup decisions at times. Sometimes he puts the fourth line out there after a goal, and I don't know if it's the right move. And it's bit him a couple times, but other than that, I mean, I'll, I'll say this, James: the biggest thing. Uh, I th- think I can't rem- don't quote me on this, but I think the Rangers have only taken one too many men on the ice penalty this season, one or two. Where it was every five was games yeah. last year or the last few seasons under David Quinn. So just by nature of that, it's clearly Quinn is has his guys paying attention and playing. And again, it's hard to it's hard to play a good sixty minutes in the National Hockey League. Usually, you know, a team wins a period, a team the other team wins the other period, and whoever wins that third period wins, or at least if they can make it to OT. So this is a team that they don't win all the time in overtime or the shootout, but they make it there. Uh, where they used to never would always lose in regulation <laughs> so uh, or or allow goals at the last minute. So they've really kept cleaned up a lot of the the fire drill type stuff they were going through in pre- previous years. And we've seen them play some of their best hockey in the dying minutes of games when they were sitting on leads, which is unique. So just by nature of that, I think Turk has been, he's on the nice list. Him and his coaching staff are on the nice list. Uh, and yeah, so again, overall, you can see that most of the Rangers are on the nice list. Hence why they are relative to their construction and where they are in terms of the league standings and in their own division. Uh, it doesn't get much easier from here on out, but they have time to rest and regroup here. And it looked like they were running on fumes coming down the stretch here. But uh, I think, again, that's a big testament to the fact that other teams have been in and out of the picture based on these ebbs and flows. And they've kind of been able to mitigate. And even if they weren't Picassos, they find they found timely points and ways to win and ways to stay as fresh as they needed to be to to get points out of these games. And now they're going to get a chance to get healthy and rested like everyone else. So uh, hopefully they have enjoy their Christmas uh, times with their family. We hope all our listeners enjoy and have a happy holidays here. And uh, yeah, watch the World Juniors. The Rangers have some prospects there. So that starts the 26th. Uh, yeah, again, uh, 
happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and uh, yeah, we'll see you all next uh, Monday. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.